Way to uh, the airport, heading out to the National Interdiction Conference, Kansas City. Be there tonight. See everybody tomorrow and the rest of the week. Um, you know, I get this question a lot, and I figured I might as well address it. We'll have a moment as I'm driving to the airport. Uh, and it always regards rental cars and ownership and who's on the rental agreement, how we should search these things. So, for example, people are like, well, what if the person driving isn't on the rental agreement? Do they lose their right to privacy? And the answer is no, they don't. Right? Then I get this one. Well, what if we like the person's not in the rental agreement? And then what we'll do is we'll impound the car and then we'll call the tow company and get consent. See, the problem with that is, is you still have to afford the passengers in the motor vehicle an opportunity to remove personal items before you take the car and tow it back to your impound yard while you ask for consent from the rental company. And if you ever have to go, uh, go through that, make sure you're treating that car as a crime scene. So if it's being towed back, by a third-party tow company or somebody else. It's almost like a, uh, a property sheet, like a TOT type of deal. So make sure you keep the integrity of it. Don't leave it challengeable with defense attorneys. That's with any car that's considered a crime scene. Make sure you have somebody following it uh, or yourself and recording when it was moved from the scene, where it's going to, and how it's being searched. But in reality, a lot of people start getting into the Hey, should we call the parents if the parents are the owners of the car? Don't forget, juveniles even have a reasonable expectation of privacy. So you have to, like, why get fancy with all those games when you can learn how to do a criminal motor vehicle stop? And I don't care who you are. If you're a guy that goes out and writes tickets all day or runs radar or um, runs random plates, and that's how you're doing your police work, or you're somebody who thinks tickets isn't interdiction, let me, here's a news flash for you. Even if you're going to be a person who goes out and does tickets it's a form of interdiction it just is it's just a different style but essentially you're going to trip over uh the opportunities that's going to that, that are going to be presented where you're going to have no choice but to engage in a criminal motor vehicle stop as a matter of fact the lack of training of when you're experiencing in the middle of a criminal motor vehicle stop and you don't know what to do or you're putting yourself in a position to not pick up on red flags it could cost you your life it could cost you embarrassment because you don't know how to approach these situations. You've thought, eh, I'm just a ticket writer. I don't really got to get involved. I say this all the time. If you were wearing a uniform where you're going to function in some capacity as a law enforcement officer and make motor vehicle stops, you need to know how to do a criminal motor vehicle stop. Because even those of you who do go out and write tickets all day and do run random plates and are not understanding or haven't been trained in the art of identifying what criminal behaviors are and criminal indicators and how to separate those cars, you're going to trip and fall over shit. you got to know how to handle it. So this all comes down to one thing, and the one thing is this. You have to know how to do a criminal motor vehicle stop. Why play games with the Fourth Amendment and trying to circumvent and trying to go around and using caveats? If you have to at the very end, if you've exhausted all means, I get it. But in reality, if you're having somebody who you believe is engaged in criminal activity on the side of a road, you know what? Ask for consent. You get denied consent, call for a canine unit. Do your very best. Become a better communicator, but you don't have to play these 150, 160 different games that you come up with on, what do I do with this situation? Uh, well, we can call them, we can do this. Sometimes you have to get creative, but often you don't. So don't treat it any differently just because it's a rental car or it's registered to somebody else. Or you have a suitcase in the trunk. Make sure it's truly abandoned if everybody in the car is disclaiming ownership. What that means is 
You can't take it out and manipulate the bag. But if you ask whose bag it is and nobody's claiming ownership and there's not even an advocation of an owner, right? Nobody, well, we don't know how it got there. If it's truly abandoned, obviously it becomes, there's no uh, expectation of privacy within the Fourth Amendment in your state's constitution. But even if you're getting nervous at that, you know what? Just drop the dog on the car. Let a dog come do a sniff in the car. Let the dog indicate and establish probable cause for the search or for those states that don't have the automobile exception for the issuance of a search warrant, right? So when you know what you're doing as far as the law permits, you can get very crafty and navigate through the rough seas that law enforcement gets presented with all the time. I don't care who you are and what your position is. If you're a member of this group and you wear a uniform, you're our brother and sister. Maybe your your mission statement's not the same as what we're doing. Um, I, you know, I find it comical when people say, oh, we don't agree with some of the things he talks about. Like, the truth? Is that what everybody has? Like, some people have a fucking problem with the truth? Like, what are you supposed to do? And of course, these people never, never will show up here and say anything and or email or phone call, just a big, behind some bullshit. But the reality is, is I'm on a noble mission to make sure that you're doing this job correctly, safely, and you don't embarrass yourself or get people hurt or lose things. Or maybe you have a situation, you don't realize that you're sitting in the middle of it. It's something as, as, as serious as maybe there is, we saw a couple, what, a week ago or a week and a half ago, a high state patrol officer interdicted a man who was kidnapping a 15-year-old. Like, don't be the fucking fool that lets that go right under your nose. You have obligations to know what the fuck you're doing in this field. And I get passionate when I talk about that because people want to chalk this up to guns and drugs and stolen money and items. Yeah, that's a lot of it. But the reality is, you may be stopping somebody going to commit the next massacre. You may be stopping somebody who just picked up some kid online uh, at their house and is going to rape and kill them. And if you don't find that to be part of your agenda, you have a fucking serious problem with the job that you've taken. You know what? Everybody's got to start taking a little more seriously about the kind of stops we should be. And people say, oh, yeah, this, these tickets, oh, they remain a part and part of police work. Nobody is arguing what your mission statement is. I'm, I'm assigned to the traffic division. Okay. Like, I'm not arguing that point. I'm advocating a point of this. We have only so much time to go out and quote unquote play, right? So why would we not use our time wisely Whatever time we can afford to stopping crime, i.e. especially when it has to do with um, real, real crimes against humanity. Why are we spending more time getting people onto parking tickets, right? And if you don't know that perspective, I don't mean uh, that it's a wake-up call, right? I, I, like, why are we not spending more time? How can anybody ever advocate that 22 over the speed limit is the same as stopping a 15-year-old from getting raped and murdered like how could you ever argue that point so the reality is um, when I'm saying these things I'm not saying them to offend I'm saying them because a lot of impression police officers in here who've never had the exposure to understand wow there's more there's more to this we can actually be effective as a whole and you know what there is a fundamental shift when people start getting trained and great things start to happen that's it so back to the other thing when in doubt on what you should do, just roll it into a regular criminal motor vehicle type style stop. And you know what? Knowing how long you can hold cars uh, and knowing case law, like if I can advocate anybody to do anything more than being in this group, um, you know, what I'm saying is, is know your case law. Like, so when you have something stopped and you think there's a lot going on, know what criminal indicators are, know what signs of criminality are. And know how far you can take that traffic stop. Because I can tell you what, it's not 17 minutes, it's not 21 minutes. Um, 
we know that courts have at least upheld stops in the upwards of two hours on a Terry style stop when you have enough reasonable suspicion to expand the stop criminally. Two hours, right? Some states I've read when I was in Florida when it's 90 minutes, guys are like, oh, we can hold the car for separate three minutes. I'm like, well, here's one that says 90, right? Like, but you gotta read because it just dispels and extinguishes all the, the fallacies, all the bullshit that you've been pumped down your throat. You just can't believe the things that you've been told because that's the way we always did things. It's a different time and it's a time for police officers to wake up, self-educate, and do this job properly and not just take the status quo of the way things always used to be. Have self-awareness of where you work. See what I'm saying? Like, if you work in a place where they don't want to hear it, there's nothing I can do for you. But in reality, if you can implement change, you want to undertake a, a, a more important mission as a law enforcement officer. And guys, I, I, was, I was a new guy too. I was guilty of the things that I, that I now begin to, I guess, somewhat criticize. Um, I look back on things and I'm like, God, why would I do all that time? I could have been doing this. And I didn't know. Nobody told me, you know? So I'm here to tell you. I'll see most of you at the Nick. Um, I'm flying out tonight, so I'll see everybody for the rest of the week, and I'll be teaching day five. Me and Brad Gilman will be splitting the morning of day five at the National Interdiction Conference. Look forward to seeing everybody. Appreciate your continued support, and uh, check out streetcoptraining.com. We've got a lot of good stuff. We've got a lot of instructors in the pipeline. We are going to bring the training that you've always deserved to the forefront, to the nation, um, and on, on a whole different facet and realm of different topics. It's not just going to be interdiction. I mean, all reality, if you think about this, this group is not just interdiction related. This is the field training you should have had, right? This is the conversation of you need to read more case law so you know what you can do and work confidently in the field and stop tuckering down and hiding and tucking your wiener in between your legs because you don't know what to do, right? This is a conversation that go on Google Scholar, throw in marijuana if you don't know where to get started and start reading those and then expand on that. Throw in canine sniff. Car in front of me is going to hit me. Somebody doesn't like that. See you guys later.